Peace and welcome to Speak Your Peace Podcast. This is your host, Born, back with another episode. This platform is being provided by Anchor. It's another day to make history. The topic I want to touch on today is the concept behind black-on-black crime. Is it a myth or reality? Let's get into it. According to phrases.org, The term black-on-black crime originated during the race riots in the U.S. during the late 1960s and was first printed in the Chicago Daily Defender in 1968. Now, when you look at the, the business of crime, crime is crime. It has no said color, has no differences. It's just as effective, and it can be just as effective or pardon me, destructive across any and all human families of the planet Earth. When this said argument is being presented that when you're dealing with racial injustice and you're pointing out as a counteract or a counter response being, well, what about black on black crime? Let's get into that. When original people point out the lack of injustice that's taking place. When the obvious forms of injustice take place when dealing with law enforcement, when dealing with the prison systems, when dealing with certain educational structures and and layouts. We're not negating from the fact that there are setbacks that exist within the black community. Because if you examine any and all communities, typically when crime occurs, the first victim is usually those that look like that said person that's committing the crime. There's nothing new about that. What becomes a moment of dissatisfaction is when black-on-black crime is being used as a deflection when we're dealing with racial issues. There was a uh, article that I came across that was published back in December 2019 by the National Review. And the writer at the time was uh, critiquing the book Bleeding Out, written by Arthur Thomas App, A-B-T for the last name. Pardon me if I'm not pronouncing it right. And it highlights different statistics that have shown throughout history of crimes being committed on people by others that look like the said people. And within the black communities, the argument that's being proposed is the crime rate is at a higher rate amongst blacks 
than blacks' interaction with other human families of the planet Earth. Now, let's let's break that down for a second. When you're looking at the notion behind crime, crime is usually provoked by lack of day-to-day resources that a community would need to sustain and take care of itself. Meaning, if I'm unable to go out and find a job and or have the resources to, to create my own job, instinctively, one may be more prone to engage in crime in comparison to those who are in a more privileged and or financial stable situation. So when you look at the state of black America and the wealth gap that exists between blacks and other human families of the planet Earth, the lack of resources that are being contributed within these said communities, the quality of nutrition that's being neglected, the red line and the constant isolation when it comes to providing freedom, justice, and equality to all the human families of the planet Earth. That would put any said group of people in a state of dire need and necessity. And when a human is denied the natural right to food, clothing, and shelter, again, instinctively, their nature is to go out and provide some type of service for their families. Even if you look at the nature of the animal kingdom. Now, if I reside in one part of the jungle, you may reside in the other. And both of our duties as a protector and a provider is to go out and seek the same nourishment for our family. If there's only one source of prey and or nutrition available, whoever gets to that said nutrition first is going to be the one who's the victor. Now, if I'm constantly going out and you're always the one who's the victor, then I have to figure out a way to reroute that said nourishment into my village, jungle, and or community. And this is what winds up happening when we look at the lack of resources that exist in more impoverished neighborhoods. No, this is not just a U.S. thing. You can see the same type of blueprint that exists all over the world. Now, in understanding that, to weigh and judge both points that are being making, that, that are being provided, rather, that doesn't take away from the fact of even in the midst of everything going on, we as original people have to figure out a way to increase seeing the value and the worth amongst one another and learn how to make this thing work collectively so when it comes time to present to a larger audience and or other human families, we're being represented in a collective space. And that becomes more powerful than being dependent on those who have already made their minds up that we're only going to reach a certain level of success anyhow. And that's what winds up happening when you're dealing with the analysis of impoverished communities. Now, some may pose the argument of, well, 
Hispanic people are in impoverished conditions just as bad as black people are. And we're not taking anything away from that. This is where the discrepancy comes in that because we don't downplay anybody else's struggles. It's just when it comes time for black people to speak out about their struggles, the mute button is often hit and it's acted as if we'll just pull yourself up by the bootstraps and everything will be okay. Okay, we may have the straps, but we don't have no boots to lace the straps up to or to lace the straps up with. So now when you're looking at the generational setback that has been pre-existent and predetermined within the development of the said country, we as a collective have to reevaluate how that was being structured and how that's continued to be benefited from nowadays. Now, when you're looking at the breakdown of the population, as of now, it's approximately 329 million within the U.S., right? So you have approximately 14% blacks, 76% whites, 18% Hispanics, okay? Now, obviously, with that said difference between whites and blacks, obviously you're going to have white on white crime. (laughs) I mean, that just ties into the narrative of American culture. Yet and still, when you look at the statistics across the board, education, economics, nutrition, ownership, wealth, all of these things can help reduce any form of crime because the more resources a person has, the less desirable they are to go out and commit crimes. So when you go to certain neighborhoods where it may be more confined with uh, liquor stores, it may be more confined with various institutions of learning, on a religious level on each corner. When you're looking at drug-infested neighborhoods, these become outlets because due to being in that set environment, it does create a certain degree of inferiority because the lack of attention and or resources being deprived from that said community, at some point, it, 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 it produces a degree of stress, depression, crime, drug addiction, looking for everything outside of themselves. So when it comes time to reach a reasonable solution that can only be resolved within, we begin to look for others to label and or save us out of these said situations. And that's just not always going to be the case because of the benefit that comes from keeping that said group of people in that said situation. And there's a quote that comes from Buddha, right? It says, you can search throughout the entire universe for someone who is more deserving of your love and affection than you are yourself. And that person is not to be found anywhere. You yourself as much as anybody in the entire universe, deserve your love and affection. 
Now that in particular can be applied to all human families of the planet Earth. But for this said conversation, I direct that towards the original people. Meaning, we can't expect any other group of people to respect, acknowledge, and appreciate us if we're not projecting that same type of energy in return. So when we begin to show that camaraderie and that unity, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to create an infrastructure that will be able to resolve its own problems as opposed to looking for outlets and others to blame for what's going on. Because we're not letting America off the hook in any shape, form, or fashion. We're being put in a very delicate space, in a very challenging position. Because you're already starting numerous laps behind in the race in this thing we call life. Yet and still, the importance of self-love, once that's being reconstructed in the way in which the family unit has came up with viable solutions that apply to us, yet and still can be of a benefit to all those who choose to build with us. This is where the real change is going to come. So the notion of black-on-black crime, is it a myth or reality? Okay, it's a reality, yet and still. White-on-white crime is a reality. Hispanic-on-Hispanic crime is a reality. Asian-on-Asian crime is a reality. Anywhere you go, that becomes a reality when you're dealing with the haves and the have-nots. And right now, as a collective, we as black people are those who are considered the have-nots. So obviously, this is going to create an environment in which, psychologically, it, it, it produces a kill or be killed type of mentality. And everybody is striving to get out of the, out of the barrel, yet and still we're taught the characteristics of a crab. So even in the wake of those that are trying to do better, it could become somewhat discouraging when you have so many that are trying to keep you in that sad environment because of the notion that's been put out there on the lack of of self-value and worth that we have as a people when it comes to this country, man. And this is something that we have to address if we're going to deal with how do we reduce the crime statistics. Because when you're dealing with having, again, proper nutrition, you know, different neighborhoods that I've lived in, they will have certain snacks and certain drinks that when I would go to more suburban neighborhoods, obviously those same type of food and snacks and drinks weren't available in that said environment. And then when you look at the nutritional content of these said snacks, like, yo, this is a recipe for disaster because it begins to break the body down in a way in which it becomes less effective and is unable to process things in a higher capacity in which we are able to perform at our highest. So when you see in the breakdown of how certain resources are being distributed, 
And you say, well, okay, well, how come they may have alkaline water in this part of the planet, but they only got tap water here? Or why they may have foods that are non-GMO in this part of the, uh, of the, the city or the state, but everything they have here is genetically modified. And then the prices fit the narrative because if you're in a lower income neighborhood, naturally speaking, you're only going to buy what you can afford. So now this intensifies the lack of, of being more equipped to rise above said situations. Because this ties into the notion you are what you eat. So when we're taking in the narrative of being three-fifths of a human being, when we're taking in the wrong foods, when we're being sold images through media, music, and entertainment that puts us in a negative space, when you see people, you know, leaning on the on the curb off of being high or, you know, falsely stimulated, these things start to take a, a wear and tear on the psyche of, of a people, man. So yeah, crime is going to become a problem. So if we're looking at reducing the crime, then we have to look at, well, what is the nutrition that's being provided in these said neighborhoods? So it's easy to have someone who resides in Silicon Valley may look at somebody who resides in lower in the Baltimore and be like, well, what's wrong with them? You know, why can't they get where I'm at? But you have to look at the environment that you're in. And all of these things play a factor. So unless we're going to be realistically observative and honest about why things are happening, again, we have to weigh and judge what the source is. There's no such thing as a black-on-black crime in an isolated situation. Crime is crime. One has to look at the variables that contribute to producing that crime, that criminal-like element. And once we could truly evaluate how to reform that, then it's going to be what it's going to be. So I'm going to end this off in the words of the great Marvin Gaye. Brother, 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 there's far too many of us dying. It's bad enough when you're dealing with the inflated killings that's taking place from law enforcement. It's bad enough when you're dealing with improper health care when we go to these said hospitals and clinics. It's bad enough when we are... uh, being mentally killed by images that we're constantly being shown to have on top of that us killing each other. So once we can overcome a mental death, rest assured we'll be able to overcome a physical death. And there have been countless amounts of recoveries from a mental death. And this is just someone who is not aware or in tune with who they are and who they was born to be. We weren't born to be in the position that we're in to be fed the type of malnutrition that we're being fed 
and then some way, somehow expected to rise above that. But once we do, that only goes to show our greatness and it dispels any and all myths that we are, we are unable to rise above and prosper. So again, I just wanted to touch on the, the origin of the term black on black crime. It's a relatively new term. It definitely dumbs down other components that contribute to it. And again, if we're able to change gaining access to what we need as a people to thrive, we should see a drastic reduction in the lack of self-love that we have amongst one another. So this is another episode of Speak Your Peace, dot com, Speak Your Peace Podcast, rather say dot com. I'm already thinking internationally. Speak Your Peace Podcast. This is born. Yeah, we're going to get through this thing, y'all. Just got to figure out how to come together and make it happen. Stay tuned for the next episode. Be safe and be wise. Peace. Hey.